This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. Alex. Hello. Friend of the show, Rick. Hi. Uh, we just got done with uh, eating dinner after our third day at PAX East. We are recording uh, it's about 7.30 right now, so we're a little more awake than we were 630. before. 6.30. Sort of. We're yeah. full of lobster and other deliciousness. Yeah. Lobster and clam chowder. Chowder. We're yeah. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know the accent very well. We uh, we played a bunch of other games today. We're going to talk about those. But before we do, this is something I've been forgetting to put in the front of every episode. Be sure to check out MidwestGamers.com slash links to see all the ways you can support us. And be sure to email us any feedback at MidwestGamers at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Thank That's you, the name of the podcast in case you need some help. Isn't that what I said? Yeah. No, I'm just being a jerk. <laughs> God. Okay. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So that's contact info. What else? What did you guys... Who played what today? Um, I played Below because you guys were raving about it and uh, I really wanted to try it out myself. So I waited in line for, I don't know, like half hour, 45 minutes probably. I think you waited less than we did. So Yeah, it wasn't a bad line. So I was like, why not? We were the only people in line at the Xbox booth, but there were people playing the game for... Probably an hour. Probably an hour in front of us. Which like is they played fine. the game for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Like how was it like a final build of the game or something that they were playing? No. Well, no. This dude was just like running around the opening area for like an hour because he was too scared to go into the cave. Was there more than one place to play that? Then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You I, could th- there. It was in the indie part of the Xbox booth. That's and where. Also, I don't know. That's also, the uh, Cappy Games had. Their yeah. own. I went to the Cappy Games one. They had four. Yeah, spots. four stations there. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, everybody was basically just quitting whenever they died, which uh, my character just slowly bled to death over the course of time. But uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, I wish I would have figured out a couple other things while I was playing. How far down did you get? I didn't get very far down because I accidentally exited. Uh, on a cliffside near the ship, and I had to go <laughs> back up top and in the like grassland area, and then go all the way back to the only entrance I knew of, and I wasted a lot of time doing that. What did you actually think of the game? It was cool. That's yeah. it. Just cool. It's kind I of. I mean, like, it's. Is it hard to describe? I like, do. Well, I do totally understand playing it. Like why it's why the character is so tiny. It definitely does make you feel way more isolated, and that's what they're going for. Okay. Like, the world is big, and you are small and insignificant and alone. Yeah. It's basically how I feel on a day-to-day basis, <laughs> but in a video game. So, so, it's re- so you're saying it's relate. relatable. Yeah. And the sound was cool. I, I sucked it up, and I put the, the headphones on that have been on. I don't know how many other people's heads. I've been avoiding it the entire time I've been at the expo, but I finally gave in. And as far as I can tell, I don't have lice yet. So that's good. 
Yeah. It's kind of hard to like talk about the game in detail because it's shroud- shrouded in mystery. Yeah. There's like there are yeah. no there's one prompt <laughs> that I ever saw. Or there might be two. There one there might be one like for hitting A, but there's one other one toward the beginning. And beyond that there is no explicit um there's no like dialogue or <clears throat> or directions or anything. No game okay. tips, nothing like it's, that. It, yeah, it's very much survival game meets a adventure rpg kind of thing like i don't think there's any sort of skills or leveling up or anything no, as far as i can tell there's gear but, but there's there's crafting there's gear there's, there's yeah there's loot um there's I, I got a fishing spear and i saw fish but i couldn't figure out how to spear them who's who's making that game cappy games cappy games yeah okay they did sword and sorcery yes okay uh, I, yeah i believe they did uh super time force super ultra time force oh okay i believe i played that could be wrong right on um yeah the most common thing i heard um from passerby passersby and uh people in line is is this game ever coming out <laughs> Cap- Cap- or they Bear would ask games. the guy there like hey when's this coming out that was basically the most common thing i heard yeah people seem very pleased after playing it though their logo is three capybaras and it just says cappy but their actual titles capybara games and they are popular for super brothers sword and sorcery and super time force right on uh, and they've done a few other smaller things as well but um. Yeah, I don't know. Below sounds awesome. Cool, Alex. What about you? Um. So I basically really only played two games today. One of which was a game called Black Future '88. It's a very neon, Blade Runnery aesthetic. Um, and it's a side-scrolling shooter. You're using the right stick to not only aim but also shoot, which is kind of hard. Because like you can't twin like, stick shooter style or like, kind of yeah. You have to like click the button to do. And there's no clicking or anything. It's like as soon as you aim it, it fires, fires. a shot. Okay. And there's also ammo, which was a little frustrating for me because apparently my instinctive aiming is just a little like it's, it's a couple degrees off of where the enemy yeah. actually is. But it seemed like a cool game. It's certainly it's it's side scroller. It's got kind of branching paths. There's like an there's a there's an indicator telling you how to get to which way to go to get to the boss, but there's like other paths that you can go and explore to get like pickups and powers and stuff like that. Rick, yeah. I know you played it as well. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a run-based game where there's an 18-minute timer, and if, if you, I don't know what happens at the end of that. I'm assuming you die. Yeah, we didn't get that far. Yeah, but there are like sequential upgrades that you can get, and all of them. It seems like the game's kind of just like hounding trade-offs the whole time so okay. like all of the upgrades have trade-offs some of them relevant to the amount of time that you have and like ways you can accrue it back and others about like doing more damage by lessening your health pool interesting um it plays pretty well it was like pretty tight experience i definitely think the aiming was a little clunky i yeah. think mostly because i don't have the muscle memory for it yeah but overall it was like definitely intriguing like i totally want to play it again yeah it seemed cool and i think it's coming out on uh, steam and uh and at some point this year so in 2018 but uh other than that i also got a chance to play tunic which is being uh, published by finji games um and it's 
this game with a fox. It was originally called Secret Legend, but they found that nobody could remember that name at all, so they tried to find a, a good name for it, and they ended up on Tunic. Uh, because everyone was yeah, just... Yeah, I mean, Secret Legend is basically like two adjectives. Yeah. Well, everyone was calling it Zelda Fox game. Even Zelda, though it's Zelda like, Fox even though it's really not that Zelda. Well, like it looks the only like a Zelda well, no, I mean, tunic. He, he looks very Link in. He's wearing a green tunic. And yeah, he's got a shield with blue and red on it. That's like, fair. If that's not the Highland and, Shield, I don't know. What it, is, it looks like a rupee that's on the shield too. I'm but. not saying that's a bad <laughs> thing necessarily, because being able to make associations like that will make the game appealing. It's you know, it's smart marketing. There, there are worse um, games to borrow from. That's yeah. for sure. But yeah. So, anyways, you you got a chance to play that. Yeah, it's an isometric game. You are playing as this little fox who is and, and you just going through this foresty type world trying to find items that you can use to attack things with it's it's like Zelda where you first things you find is a stick and then you can go and find a sword that you can use in place of the stick yeah um, you gather potions in order to keep your health high and uh, there's like a dodge mechanic and, and lock on for uh, targeting enemies and fighting them that way seemed like there were a lot of opportunities for secrets and like backtracking to go through yeah. paths that you couldn't go through previously. Um, what did you think about it, Rick? Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. I think again, it seems like there's a lot of room for secrets and such there. Uh, I think it controlled really well. Like the combat felt nice. The man developing it is he he's writing an actual language to put in the game so anytime like it was funny because the card that they had in front of the tv to tell you the controls was not in english it was in the, was language, in the language of the, of the game. game that's interesting yeah. so um they're actually developing a language to like be able to translate i don't know if it's just like an alphabet or if it's an actual different language per yeah, se i don't know but uh it sounds pretty crazy and it's coming out in 2019 i think is the current target but it's very cool we also got to chat with some of the people at the Finji Games booth and, uh, you know, their CEO, uh, Rebecca and uh, Adam, the director, um, they both moved from Austin to Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it was cool to sit there and talk to them about Michigan for a while and hmm. kind of hear how the transition went and stuff like that. And I, I told them, hey, check out our podcast. We're based out of Michigan. So hopefully we can connect with them. I got their, their community manager's business card. So. Right on. Yeah, but that was all that I played today. Uh, I played Donut County as well. So did I. What did you guys think of Donut County? It's great. It's fun to put things in a hole that gets progressively bigger. Yeah. I really like the levels where like it, the screen would like zoom out and then you could start consuming buildings. Yeah. Yes. I thought that I was like, that's sweet. Like this, this could be like, at what point does you, do you just swallow the whole world? Yeah. Like <laughs> It's a whole lot of fun. It is a whole lot of fun. It just becomes a black hole. Yeah, it, it's a very it's it's a very unique game, and it's uh, the aesthetic is very cool and cute, and uh, a lot of what Rick had said yesterday about it, um, the the just yeah, it's 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 different, and like I don't there's there's really it, it's it's interesting to me to play a game where like your only control is you're just using the stick yeah. to like move mm-hmm. something around, like that's literally all you're doing is just like manipulating this object in different directions, and that's it, like. That in and of itself is interesting. So I didn't expect there to be like actual characters that have dialogue and like 
there might be a story, but apparently there is. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely interested to see like what exactly is the story and how the progression works and what like the item collection actually does for you as like a character, or how that all plays into the game. Cause you don't, you don't get any of that. Like you're basically playing what seems to be a later level in the game itself. Uh, cause it, you start at like level nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like even BK, the, the raccoon talks about it. Trash Panda. He says, uh, he says, like, oh, I'm level nine. I'll soon be level ten, and then I get this quadricopter or whatever. Yeah. Like, and then the next scene, it clips over, and like his quadricopter's destroyed. And he's like, what the hell? Like, why is my quadricopter yeah. destroyed? Like, why did you do that uh, to Mira? And it's just like, like clearly, there's way more going on in this, and like we don't really get a taste of that quite yet. So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to play it. I do think it's the sort of game that I would love to play on my iPad. Hmm. Like touch controls, dragging your finger around would be plus the the whole like Rick. You had talked about the texting mechanism Mm -hmm. built into it. Like how cool! Like that just seems built. Like it should be built for like touch controls or like on the switch even. You know, like so very cool game. A lot of fun to play. One of the things I liked the most about it was the amount of the amount of laughing I did just playing it. Like it, it was the first time I've played a game in a while that actually made me laugh. Like pretty hard. Yeah. Oh, I was. I mean, just when I hadn't, when I didn't play it yesterday, but I was watching other people play it, and I was just giggling, like watching them play. I was like, "That's that's really funny." Like just seeing these yeah, these objects. It's literally. It's just like a physics simulator. Is like what it really is. I mean, even on like the little card you get, it just says. Donut County is a physics adventure where you play as a mysterious hole in the ground. Like what the <laughs> like who the fuck comes up with that? Like I, it's just. Like where do you like what drugs did you do to like that's your game idea like but when it's executed in a way that makes it actually like fun and playable like that's awesome like I'm really intrigued to see where this goes yeah I can't wait for someone to to be the hole for Halloween <laughs> <laughs> well what if like the next one is like Donut County two and you have to like fill holes like with donut holes you know like what's like what's the next iteration <laughs> of this game like, donut kinda- Donut County two Donut State. I'm starting to Crape think city and you just wrap shit. <laughs> the whole game is kind of like a metaphor for that hole that you just can't fill it's with true. material Within objects, yourself. the hole in your life. And yeah, you maybe just, that's that's why you just BK, keep collecting like, shit just to fill that hole. And that's you just pretty. Can't. BK's that's all pretty. excited about getting that quadricopter. You know, he's yeah, like buying. He's exactly. like he's like getting all these things to like feel that that fill that emptiness inside of him. And Mira's just like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And he's like, I love you're these just a things. raccoon. You don't need that shit. You're a trash panda. You stupid <laughs> collector. Go yeah. dig in some garbage. Like getting pretty deep about this hole, guys. Yeah, it, it's well, a fair, that's the thing. It's, it's been like, a long day. When you have a game as simple as this and it's able to like no, draw yeah. this out of you, like I think that speaks like volumes about what this game's all about. Like so yeah, I his character. I'm it's pumped. Good. I'm like really pumped to see and I like I love the art style. Like even this little card that I picked up with this goofy looking alligator wearing wearing a suit or whatever the hell he's wearing. I'm, I don't even know. I'm like, assuming like, that like the end version will be a little sharper though. Like, in what way? Like I mean, they had jaggies and stuff, and I feel like for a the clean aesthetic that it has, it would. If I feel like it should be sharper looking. Yeah. But beyond that, I mean, yeah, it's got an awesome style to it, and, and uh, yeah, right on. Cool. Um, I played a game by Serenity Forge called The King's Bird, and this game. Uh, you basically play this like silhouette sort of fairy looking character girl type 
uh, if we're gendering things. And it has, the character has like a scarf sort of wisp that comes off of her. And that is essentially like your power level for your abilities, like is the Mm -hmm. length of the scarf. So you can dash and you can like jump up walls and you can, and you can like, you know, jump back and forth between walls and then dash up a wall to like get a little bit more height before you can start like doing wall jumps back and forth. Um, There's also... What I found really interesting was the physics of the uh, gliding mechanism in the game. So if there is a very lengthy uh, chasm that you have to get across, you start it on usually a very high like sort of ledge and you drop down, like you jump over the ledge, drop down, and then you use the momentum of your falling to then hit the glide button, which makes you swing up and out with more speed which was really cool. Like it was very similar. Like it just, the game reminded me a lot of Sonic, like the motions of like playing a Sonic game where you're moving super fast, like just whipping over these like curly cues and like down these hills and hitting these jumps and like it, like those. The fluidity. Yeah, those sequences were very fluid and really well done and the, the controls were super responsive. So I felt like it fit really well with the style of the game to have like the controls just be that tight. So um, this is a really cool game and the, the director... Um, Marketing director, producer, and designer Kevin Zhang here uh, gave me his card after I mentioned I was with the podcast and said, "Get a hold of me. We can talk about this game some more." And I really want to get a hold of him because I think this game is going to be really sweet. Like, That'd be awesome. So I definitely want to see like what platforms he's going to release it on. I didn't really have a lot of time to talk to him. There, there were actually a few people standing to play the game and, and talk and everything. So I didn't want to take up too much of his time. But uh, it's a very cool game. Um, I definitely want to see more of it. Again, it's called The King's Bird by Serenity Forge. So I did sit down briefly to try to play a platformer that looked really cool, but I couldn't figure out how to play. So that's not a good sign. <laughs> what game? But it was near the end of the day, and I was kind of in a rush. Uh, Planet Alpha, it was called. Hmm. It had a very cool style to it, but I just didn't. like. I could figure out how to run and climb, but then there were things attacking me. And the only thing I could figure out how to do was glow. And I didn't know what the hell that did. And I couldn't find anyone to explain it to me. So maybe, the maybe glow, I'll go back and try Maybe the tomorrow. glow allows you to counter or something if they yeah, attack you. I, I tried that. It didn't work. No. I just died being really bright instead <laughs> of. <laughs> Rick, you got to try out Overland, which John talked about yeah. yesterday. Once again at the Finji booth. Yeah. Just let it Excuse all Excuse me. Just let, it's just all, just get it. Okay. Yeah, so we spent a good amount of time at the Finji booth today. Um, yep. It's a great booth. Yeah, it is. It's a real solid lineup. Um, sure. We, or I got to play some Overland, and it was pretty cool. I felt like it's one of those games much like Below where I want to, like, steepen it. Yeah, you, you really want to, like, play the hell out of it and, like, get, get your, you know, digging yeah. deep. Totally, because the mistakes I made were like pretty costly, and I wouldn't right. make them again. Um, so I want to try it in the new context of knowing like the little bits that I do know that I didn't know previously. Sure. Um, but otherwise, it was exactly as you described it, and it was super interesting um, just to like determine what trade offs there are in right. the game. So like, you get to choose whether you want to go to spend more gas to go to a place that's safer or you can spend less gas to get to a place that's more dangerous but potentially has like a new car or something and one of the directions that i went originally led me to a person i had already picked up a dog and one other person from like the tutorial map Mm -hmm. so 
there were three of us and we had a three person car. So I found this person and then I invite I invited him to the party and I thought there was another car there. Is that wasn't. why you're going out west? There's a party? Uh no, you're trying to make it across the map. I I'm not entirely it's, sure. It's party some, in the traditional role play. Yes. It's my like, understanding that it's some form of like alien invasion kind of thing post apocalyptic yeah, feel like it's taking over and you're trying to get away from it yeah so but so i had to actually i so i invited him to the party and then i had to abandon him and it was like <laughs> funny trying to decide like do i want to leave this dog or do i want to leave this dude Person. no you gotta <laughs> do, keep the dog do and they factor in yeah, like best friend. if you have more occupants do they factor in that it takes a toll on your gas mileage you know what? I, didn't, I don't know. That's don't, a good question. That is a really good question. I didn't think about that. I mean, but it would. Dogs can't put gas bit. in a car, though. Well, that's so, also true. But the true. dog also like doesn't need a stick to attack. They can frighten off people. The dog can bark and I think scare yeah, exactly. potential threats. But I mean, a person off. can bark too, but it's not very threatening. That's true. It's cool because well, like it, I, one of the things I forgot to mention about it is like there's also other elements of the environment that you, you can interact with. Like for instance, I started off in, in an area that had a car uh, in a fence that was blocked off by a uh, dumpster and like I had to use movement uh, like your your movement uh, counter to like get to next to the dumpster and then use an action to pull it out of the way things like that like it's well and it seemed like everything that you interact with potentially makes noise that could draw the monsters right. to you mm-hmm. yeah sound plays a very important role in that yeah this and then she I think she was saying that if it's raining then you notice that um, the sound is dampened a little bit so you have a little bit more of a range to act ah. in the rain because they won't hear you as uh, either like as far or as quickly or something right, like that. Right. So that seemed pretty interesting too. The sound design in the game is really good too. Yeah, the whole the, that game's sweet. Tuning. Like it's I, I that's another uh, Finji Games is killing it, man. Like I yeah. like I want to play all their games. Like they're very they're all very they look cool mm-hmm. and they're fun. Like they're all very fun to play. So they seem to be good at. Picking and choosing indie developers that are, well, I mean, this one's developed by the uh, the director uh, Adam Saltzman yeah. of Finji, but uh, even Tunic and Night at the Woods are developed by other people. Like Night at the Woods is a team of of, of a couple people. Tunic is just one dude essentially, with yeah. you know help of a few other people for music and stuff like that. Think he wears a tunic when he's programming it all by himself. That's all he potentially wears maybe he only I don't know. Wears a tunic, no pants. No he could part. probably well, I pull it off. Pants if I had a tunic. But uh, no, it seems like they're poised to be like a really cool indie incubator, essentially, and yeah. mm-hmm. doing a lot of work to help indie indie people get their stuff out there. So that's cool. awesome. I'm glad you guys got a chance to actually talk with them because when I was there, like I, that's the thing I couldn't tell who was working for yeah. them or what. So I had a really difficult time like pointing out who, like who I wanted to actually approach and you know, question about these games. So. I have that problem at a lot of the booths, honestly. Yeah. Because everybody's wearing a, a, a badge with a lanyard. Almost everyone has the fucking Final Fantasy lanyard. So that doesn't <laughs> yeah, it's, help it's either. It's not very yeah. obvious. I mean, even at like the, the Code Vein booth, like there were people wearing like Bandai Namco shirts, but the guys who were like showing, who were like actually interacting with you as players were wearing a Code Vein shirt that like if you beat the boss in code vein you got a t-shirt so then you had all these random people wearing the same shirt and you're just like what the hell like how can i sit down and talk with one of these people so i will um, say i mean it's been really cool that the people that are making these games especially the smaller ones have been there like on the the show floor to talk to but 
I mean, as you said, they should be, but that makes for a really long day as well. Christian from Campy that we talked to yesterday, I thought he was in line to play in front of me, (laughs) but it turned out he was the dude running the booth. Right. So it's been kind of hard to tell and know like, oh my God, this is the dude who's made all of this. Like we asked the dude with Tunic, you're like, so you're doing basically everything, right? And he's like, well, don't look at the key art and take off the headphones, but all of that's me. And it's like... (laughs) That's insane, yeah, but a lot. Um, very cool. Very cool to have access yeah. to those people. What else have you paid? You got a lot of stuff in front of you, and I want to hear oh, about it. All. This is stuff that I watched. Yeah. Um, at least long enough to get the general idea of it. Um, yeah, a lot. I'll mention these two games first because they were they're similar in style. I feel the takeover. And uh, Raging Justice both look like they're very inspired by Streets of Rage. Okay. And games like that, which is pretty cool because it looks like they're doing it right. Um, I would say the takeover is definitely like more, more in that vein. Are these pixely or are they like Double Dragon 4? Uh, the takeover is is actually 2D sprites. But they are very detailed. They're not like 16-bit. Okay. But they, it is 2D art for yeah. sure and 2D animation. Yeah. And the the characters are very large on screen too. Okay. It's 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 real cool looking. Um, that looks fun. I believe these are all going to be on the Switch too. That's nice. cool. Which yes. Then you can uh, have two two to four players yeah, or something like the that. The Takeover by I don't know if it's Dangan or Dangin entertainment um it's coming to the pc and nintendo switch it's only gonna be 15 bucks this year i definitely want to check that out and uh raging justice will be nintendo switch expo steam and ps4 everything that's from uh team 17 i guess cool so yeah i saw another like side scroller beat-em-up kind of game that looked interesting called uh Super Daryl Deluxe. <laughs> it had a very interesting looking animation style and sense of humor. I don't like that the main character reminds me a lot of Napoleon Dynamite in the way he's he acts and like his movement and his look. But uh, I I know a lot of people that would probably actually really like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's coming out real soon, April tenth, actually. That'll be PS4, Switch, Steam. Cool. Uh, I'm, yeah, I can't say for sure. I, I don't, re- do you remember who made Broforce? No, but I can look it up real quick. I'll this do that. This Door Kickers Action Squad game reminds me a lot of Broforce. Door Kickers in a good way. Action yeah, it, Squad? Yeah, it looks awesome. Brofor- Broforce is by Devolver Digital. Okay, so not the same company but it's very similar in style it looks it looks real cool except i mean it's more like you're like a swat team or something excuse me broforce is developed by free lives but published by devolver digital well this is uh kill house games and pixel hard Hmm. but yeah looks cool it has couch and network co-op sweet and uh (laughs) <laughs> the card says realistic rodent AI, which is funny. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. 
Um, I don't remember that one actually. Uh, Rite of Ilk looked pretty cool. That's a co-op game, and you can play either local or networked co-op. And you're basically you're two different characters tethered together, hmm. so you can hmm. only get so far away from each other. Okay, and you have to work together to explore including climbing and jumping and all that. And I believe the two characters have different ability, like different uh, strengths and weaknesses. I don't know if they necessarily have abilities or skills or whatever, but seems yeah. like a more pot, like the, the like forced co-op experiences starting to come up with like a way out. And yeah. Yeah. This I, kind of I, thing. I really like that. Like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm a big fan of co-op games in general if they're done well. Yeah. Um I w- I went to this retro retrotainment games booth and they actually make a game that is on a Nintendo cartridge that yeah. you can play in your Nintendo, your old school Nintendo. It's Did you play it? I did not play that game either. <laughs> it's called Haunted, right? Yeah, Haunted Halloween 86. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's got a red cartridge. Looks super cool. Does look pretty cool. But so they actually made a new cartridge. Yeah. And in, like the game is on a board in the cartridge, and you plug it into it like an old school. If NES. I'm understanding correctly, yes. That's haunted awesome. Halloween '86. Because I thought like the I, Curse of Possum Hollow. Like I know cool. there are people, there are coders who are make. They're still making games on like Sega Genesis well, cartridges. There's a there's a game yeah. on Amazon called unholy something it's a super nintendo cartridge and it's like it says snes compatible on it and it looks like a super nintendo box oh man but yeah um i guess last uh i was watching this golem gates game which looks interesting it's like a blend of an rts and a card battle kind of game yeah um i don't know card ts looked cool but i couldn't understand exactly what was going on and I felt like some of the people playing didn't understand what was going on either. So hopefully that turns out well. But <laughs> <laughs> if I go back tomorrow, then I think I'll actually try that one if it's still there. Yeah. Because I was curious about it. Yeah, there's a couple more games that I want to check out still that yeah, I haven't had there's, a There's to. a lot more. But these are ones that I actually made an effort to either to, to watch because I couldn't get a chance to play them. Yeah. Because people were hogging them. Yep. Um, anybody else see any other games or play anything I else? I played Code Vein. Yeah, talk about Code Vein. I finally Vein. got to play Code Vein. I waited in the line for three hours to play Code Vein. We talked about the announcement of Code Vein when it happened several months ago. Yeah, we were pretty pumped. Uh, I'm not so pumped anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Dark Souls games. Uh, it's a Dark Souls-like game, anime, art style. Every single neckbeard that walked by the booth was like, this game's like anime Dark Souls with vampires. <laughs> like, that's literally the right. same thing that it came out of their mouths. And, I mean, that I was guess, me. Like, I just walked by several there was times. Like, there was zero, like, vampire action that I took part of, like, part in, like, the whole time I played it. Like, I didn't do any, like, blood sucking or, like, you know, disappearing and, like, looking in mirrors and not being able to see my reflection. None of that. Uh, no garlic. Well, that's garlic. all in the 20-minute-long uh, well, cutscenes If you, if you were to look into vampire lore, you would know that, like, depending on who's writing the vampire, they have different strengths and weaknesses. And so, yeah, no, maybe, I know. Like, maybe what, I, these what I know ones, now is maybe that... Maybe these the, ones by Bandai Namco are a little less traditional. The classic 
classic definition of a vampire no longer supply, like applies in the uh, 21st century here because we have Twilight, which basically threw all of that out the window. They sparkle. They sparkle I, in the sunlight. I mm-hmm. just realized that Alex does, in fact, have a neck beard right I now. I certainly do. Yeah. Did you grow that out just for this event? No, I just usually do because after I get a haircut and she cuts a line into it, I just don't shave it because I hate shaving. <laughs> But once the line's there, it's easy. Yeah, this has nothing oh, to do with really code easy. vein. But anyway. Um, so anyways, Next beards are very relevant to PAX, John. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. What I was getting at was I am I like Souls games a lot. And this is very Souls-like in that it's super fucking hard. And I made the mistake of trying to play it as if it were Dark Souls. And you really can't because the controls are a little bit different. You have what are called gifts, which are different vampire abilities. Like I can shoot a giant fireball or... They're not gifs? No, they're not. I can power up my uh, sword, my attack. I can power up my defense. I can power up my speed. I can add like an ice attack to my sword attack. Um, Are you harvesting something out of the enemies to power those up? Like nope. blood, maybe. No. There's what I noticed is that you have a counter, like a it'll it says like zero out of twenty, like in the lower right hand corner, and then next to that are your abilities that you can then queue queue up, like your gifts. Um, and each gift gift is worth a specific amount. So you have gifts that are like worth five, gifts that are worth ten. Gifts that are worth worth like one. So it's more like a Call of Duty kill streak kind of program. Yeah. So yeah. so I was able to fire up. I think you can have a maximum of three buffs attached at any given time, no matter like if it gives you the full like if it takes up all, uh, you know, like I I use the the ice uh, the the ice attack cost five points of that counter. The defense buff was five points, and the attack buff was five points. So I put all those on. I was no longer allowed to apply any more buffs, but I could still use my magic abilities. So I was able to cast giant fireball if I wanted to. Uh, and each of those those buffs does have a counter on them that go down over time. Um, I had a lot of trouble playing this game because I felt like the enemy... I was, I was trying to fight the boss, and... I, you guys are really distracting. <laughs> like this is like fucking stupid. Just open the guy. Open, drink. open the can. Open your fucking. Drink. Pick up the microphone. All right. Pick Jesus. up the microphone. Let's talk about Goodvin. This is the most fucking awkward thing I've ever. Cool. It's really good. All right. <laughs> Anyways, this beer is tasty. <laughs> the so cheese Goodvin. is old and moldy. <laughs> so there wasn't enough vampire action. There was not enough vampire action. No. Uh. The my my issue my biggest issue is that like. Again, I like I'm used to Dark Souls games where like your dodge, your dodge motion is like a very important aspect of playing the game. I felt like the dodge did nothing in this. Like, I was dodging out of the way of the enemy when he was. I'd see him lining up the attack, and like I was watching people in line play the whole time just so I could kind of get a feel for it because I wanted to win the damn T-shirt they were giving away, <laughs> and I didn't because I couldn't. Like it was impossible. So, basically, <laughs> so damn right it, now. Brian. So you so the dodge wasn't useful because you couldn't it, you couldn't dodge away from the I tanks could never, you couldn't I could, dodge I was never into able to get around him like when he would attack all of his attacks like for John some reason, was basically sucking it up I was watching pretty much the whole time I couldn't figure out the controls either like I felt like the the parry and the defend were in the wrong place like uh, it made it difficult having to use like I also like you could hold down R1 and use like your weak attack with a more focused attack or you could let go of R1 and just hit uh, square and weak attack and the weak attack would just like 
whatever. Like I didn't understand why I was doing these focused attacks or not focused attacks. Yeah. They didn't seem any stronger. Hmm. Um, I could hold down triangle with a heavy attack to do a charged heavy attack. That didn't really seem to do anything, and it was too slow of a response time because the enemy is like way too fast for me to even do that. So it was like, where were the windows of opportunity for me to make like good hits? I don't know. Like I was never able to get. I got him down to half life at one point, and I was like, holy shit! Like how did I even do that? Like I don't even. It must have been the AI character, like little vampire chick in her fancy little suit, like doing her magic abilities that got him that far. Because I don't think I did anything the entire time I played it. Maybe it's like Castlevania, where if you get hurt enough in the first boss fight, it takes it and makes you invincible Richard, and takes the. I'll give you strength. <laughs> um, no, and like you brought up earlier, I mean, we all bounced off of the Neo Alpha. That's, that's what I wanted to bring up. Super, like, super quickly. This, that's what but, this but experience this was, reminds me of, is how we all played Neo thinking that the controls were going to be just like Dark Souls, and it wasn't. And we're like, man, this game well, is impossible and hard to play. But I'm also wondering, like, playing any of these games, something that we haven't really talked about too much, Playing any game where you're dropped into it, God knows where, well, on the show floor with a bunch of people around you, yeah. you I, you've I got had, the pressure of people that want to play it behind you. I had the ability on, on this particular build of the game, they allowed you to just fast forward to the boss because they had a competition That was probably going a mistake, too. If you wanted to win a t-shirt, you could you had to beat the boss. Like So people, there were dudes, the, the, there's one of the guys in line who had been back this is his third time in line like to play this to try and beat that boss because he liked doing it, which I no way in hell Just would to I put another quarter in the machine to see if he can get the top score. But it was uh, it's a very good looking game. There were some frame rate issues, which was kind of a bummer, but that's kind of standard for any kind of souls ish game. Um, and it's not out yet. It's not out yet. I don't know when it's going to be out. I wasn't able to talk to anybody about it. Uh, which is kind of a bummer because I would have liked to, but obviously, like being some small-time podcast from the Midwest, the big-time developers really don't give a rat's ass about yeah, us. It, yeah. it didn't look like any of their attractive booth ladies knew anything about the game. They I'm pretty sure most there. of them also didn't know how to speak English. They were all Japanese, so yeah, it is maybe Dynamco. But all in all, I would like to come back to it and play it. I just like I feel like. There's just something about an enemy that when they have a specific attack that you're able to map out the motions and find the cue of when they're performing that attack and you still dodge with plenty of time to move out of the way, they it just hones in right on you and gets you. Like I'm just like that doesn't make sense to me. Like maybe they why? just or maybe they only printed like five T-shirts and they're like, okay, we gotta ramp this up because flip so the god switch, off, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just went into dev mode and it just, it just like, seemed like the dodge ability did nothing. Like it, I was never able to move out of the range of any of his attacks. If I had if I had jumped in to fight him and then like I saw him winding up to do his like spin attack, which is his close quarters one. And I dodged backwards, like I was, I never dodged out of range of his attack, and yeah. that that's like, that I don't want to play that game. Like yeah. if if there's no way for me to escape, and I'm able to, if I'm smart enough to map out the patterns of the boss and what he's doing and his cues, I should be able to dodge attacks and parry and do everything I need to do to actually kill him. And I wasn't able to do that, which makes me not like the game. So, yeah, um, I just felt like I wasn't like they they weren't giving me. I, 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 I you don't have the proper tools to actually play the game. Yeah, that seems to be intended to be. 
but played. as anybody who plays Souls games, you got to get good, and I'm just not good. So. Yeah, no. Maybe you'll be able to get good on your own terms, like at home. Yeah, like I said, I'd like to come back to it and try it out. It is just a you know a show trade show beta, I guess we'll call it. But yeah, so that's uh, I think that's pretty much all I did today. I bought a T-shirt and a play mat. Rick and I went to the Waypoint panel. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you guys learn? We didn't really learn a whole lot. They just talked about what games they played, and it was cool to see them live. Cool to see Patrick Klepek live. Uh, everybody there, you know. And every time, each one of these panels that I've gone to, like they always are looking at people in the audience from other outlets that they know that they're talking to, like Vinnie Caravella and, and Abby Russell were there today, and it's just cool to see how familial the industry. The games journalism yeah. industry has become, especially as they were saying at the Giant Bomb panel last night, uh, in the days of like the the heyday of IGN and GameSpot, it was like you drew a line and your allegiances were there. Like, oh, I read IGN, right. not a GameSpot person. Or, oh, I'm reading EGM and PSN, but not, you know. So the fact that everybody's like reading everything and these people pop up over here to do stuff with these guys and it's kind of back and forth like that. It's just really cool. Yeah, I I think that's a sign of the fact that like games have just become more social in general and I I think that's part of why companies like Epic are looking into having full cross play between all consoles. You know, they're trying to get rid of that line that's been drawn because it just, like the whole idea of having these games that are that are ever, like basically every game that comes out now has to be connected to the internet, which is something everybody threw a huge shit fit about when they announced Xbox yeah. One and, and PS4. But we're all playing these games now. Everything has to be connected I'm to the internet. I'm still mad like, about it. It kind of sucks because when, I like, if you just want to play a single player game, you kind of can't. Like, they're, they don't really, like, like EA said, the single player experience isn't really something we want to focus on right now. Like, you're seeing that. But that's where we have all these great indie companies coming up and being like, okay. We're going to fill that niche and we're going to do it affordably because we can with small teams and they're doing a great job with it. So, well, and it just in the video games journalism industry, at least, like the it feels like they've reached some maturity where it's not strictly just like we need to do things that are only for us and can't benefit anyone else. Right. It's not like they're out there trying to be like, oh, we need to get our review to hit first because nobody cares when the reviews come out nowadays. You read them when you read them. Like everything's on demand. I'm going to watch Giant Bomb right now because they uploaded their stream. So like the fact that that's allowed them to sit down and kind of be like, hey, we're all a big family. We're going to help each other do better things and greater things and cooler things. Is awesome because be I don't you. think that could have existed back in 1998 or 99. I don't think I've read a single actual review of any game that's come out in the past like six years. There's it's an, it's an antiquated form of of like part it, of it. I the scores were always completely arbitrary and everything like that. It makes so much more sense to watch someone play the game or talk about playing the game and try to right. figure well, out what you care there's about. There's that, and then there's also like my you know being an uh, a seven year veteran of reddit at this point no, i'm not bragging but i actually know like i've been on reddit for seven congratulations years. we're going to have a party you're a vet. I, you you read like if you're subscribed to our gaming or our video games or whatever and like you're reading these you just get the snippet the title that's like this game's shit and you're like okay cool i'm not going to play that like this guy thinks it's shit and like you read the comments real fast 
like you're going to get a better idea of what's going on with that game through the comments on a Reddit post than you are through a reviewer who's going to like fluff it up or do whatever who advertisement who got got to fly over to the place to play it in the ideal situation right whatever so I, I like to read reviews just to get an idea of what the game's about, but I don't really care what score they give it. Yeah. Like, that, that doesn't usually sway me too much. I, yeah, I don't care about scores. But, I like um, the pros and cons sections, yeah. though. Like, and, I like to know, like, what they liked and what they didn't like instantly and then kind of just go from there. I don't, like, give me the bullet points. Don't give me the fluff. I don't need any of that, which all these, you know, IGN does it. Everybody does it. Kotaku has fluff reviews, too. Yeah. But they don't, I don't think Kotaku actually has scores anymore. I don't know. I think it's really just like a... This is what we like. This is what we don't. This game's okay. Yeah. Kind of you gave me an idea for a new uh, video game blog, but I'm not going to reveal it yeah, right now. Yeah, don't say it on so, air. Someone might steal it. But However. Do, go ahead. Oh, never mind. No, what? However. What were you going to say? Oh, um, reading. I like reading the comment sections and the reviews, too, because then you, you see what other people think about it as well. There's usually a lot of uh, trash talk, of course. But yeah, that's also I don't look at any Sometimes it's entertaining. Anywhere. It depends a lot on the site. Yeah, that's fair. Whether it's useful or not. Do we want to take some time to talk about video games we've been playing recently? Uh, I did go to one other thing. You guys went to a panel. I went to one. Yeah. There's not a lot to say about it, but it was kind of cool Which just one? to see some of those people in person that I have not ever seen. What panel was it? Yeah, who I, went, the people? I saw the, uh, I don't even remember the name of it, but it was a, a PUBG panel where uh, Dead Ma 5, I mean Dead Mouse, and uh, <laughs> Brendan Green, <laughs> player unknown himself, and Major Nelson, Larry whatever. Larry Herb. Herb. Yeah. Uh, all those guys were there hanging out. It was basically... Uh, Major Nelson asking questions. Weren't they playing a the match? The other two and Dead Mouse was playing. Okay. With Major Nelson's gamer tag. <laughs> so I don't know. It was cool. It was funny to watch them. You got a controller skin for your Xbox. Yeah, One I got a controller skin that I probably won't use. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That was the only panel I went to today. And it wasn't even a real panel. It was more like an event. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we can move on from PAX for a second. Rick, PAX it up. Rick, you've played a little bit of Far Cry 5. Yeah, I have. As a Far Cry fan, how do you feel about it? Um, Pretty underwhelmed. I think it's just like hard to care in a lot of cases. It's uh, very dramatic, very over the top, even for a Far Cry game. I think it just kind of like misses the mark in a lot of places. I think they changed up some of the... That's like speaking from a story perspective, from the actual narrative. I think with regards to the actual gameplay, they've changed up a lot of things, for better and for worse. But it's mostly... I'm finding it not the most appealing or fun thing to do. So it was a situation where like my wife watched me play most of 4 and was super into it. And I'm kind of like perfunctorily playing this game because she wants to watch it. And I mean, I was super interested in it before it came out, but it's been kind of boring most of the time for both of us. I think there are like moments where things are interesting, 
but it's just like it kind of feels like a slog most of the time. So as a a fan of two, three, and four, it's a little bit of a bummer. That sucks. Yeah. A beautiful slog. It's very pretty. Yeah, it does look really good. Um, yeah, I played it at the show a little bit. It's just like boring. You can call in an assist bear. His name is Cheeseburger. Yeah, I mean, like pretty awesome. Like a lot of things on paper. I heard the dog's cool cool too. The dog is cool. Reddit loves the shovels. Yeah, you can throw the shovels like the spears (laughs) and prime. There's like a review on Reddit. It's amazing. It was like I thought this game was boring, but then I found out you could throw shovels like spears. That's really good. (laughs) I now can have ten shovels in my inventory. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I haven't. Ridiculous. I haven't gotten to the sandboxier stuff and like really tried to get zany with anything. It sounds like the most interesting thing of it all is the Far Cry arcade, the people making levels and outposts and missions and stuff like that. It is interesting. Yeah, Um, I played pretty early on and it was all of the content was pretty nascent and like ill-conceived for the <laughs> most part yeah but i do i do foresee them i i do think that'll be like a pretty interesting platform there, going forward there were people making pub pub like someone made PUBG in oh nice yeah someone made nuketown Arby. from call of duty and, and someone made that's great uh i think the consulate from rainbow six or something one of the buildings in rainbow six they oh, made that like sweet. The, the the level editor is like very robust. They, they're mm. giving you assets from several different ubisoft games like as yeah. well can you can you yeah. play as tachanka then not yet but hopefully or soon. An army of Can you make someone fight 99 other Tachankas? Maybe. <laughs> Fantastic. I do think that when I do invest more time, I think it's largely like I, I'm pretty strapped for time these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think that if I give it more time and just kind of like mostly tone down, like just tune out the story for the most part. I think I'll It'll enjoy it a lot yeah. more. Open up for you. Yeah. I think I just have to like learn more of the game's language and figure out what it wants me to do. And then also how to like subvert that and have fun in that regard too. Do right. you have to climb radio towers still? No. And there are like very obvious jabs at that, <laughs> which is just like, that's awesome. Makes your eyes roll really hard. <laughs> I kind of feel like they maybe let the uh, humor of Blood Dragon seep into their main Far Cry series a little too much. Yeah, maybe. I do that, think the guy like that guy quit. He didn't he the guy who's the like the main the lead driving force behind Blood Dragon. I don't know. He left mm. Ubisoft to start his own company about a month ago or so. Interesting. I think. Um, well then, then Far Cry Five would have been done by then. I don't know how much he's actually worked on. <laughs> I Far hope Cry he 5, makes. Like, I hope he makes close laugh, and a close close laugh close blood laugh dragon. Two. Blood dragon. <laughs> and it's close yeah. Laugh three. And because he should just get to make a full scale blood dragon game. That would be really good. Don't know why they never let that happen. I'm shocked that Blood Dragon 2 isn't the DLC for this game, but there's yeah. a lot of other no. wildly different Instead, ones. there's zombies. And there's you get zombies, to go to Mars. He Mars might make one. Distant Sob. You never know. Like, <laughs> 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 That's even better. <laughs> distant Sob 2. It's and really distant, sad that I didn't pick up on it the first time. Yeah. What yeah. you guys are talking about. You don't, you don't close laugh? Yeah, I didn't. Let's we gotta buy CloseLaugh.com and distantsob.com real quick. <laughs> Be- just, before we air this. Just make them Far Cry fan sites. <laughs> oh man. Any other thoughts on Far Cry? Um I think that like in given the obviously politically charged world we live in these days, that 
they missed a very grand opportunity to make Get in some like shit. pretty important statements. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that would have been actually super interesting. Yeah. Well, especially considering that like the average gamer is between the ages of like 25 and 35 right now. So you're speaking to a demographic that is like politically charged. Yeah. Yeah. And for them to like, like just kind of breeze over that opportunity. They didn't want all the Pepe's to not they, buy their game. I, I though. just, yeah, I feel like yeah. Ubisoft There's more is not Pepe's than there are Pepe's. I don't so. know that that's true anymore, but Ubisoft just tends to play it safe. Like I'll bet you they had a pretty, uh, they probably had a politically charged story set up for the canceled Rainbow Six Patriots, but then they went with. Rainbow Six Siege, which doesn't have a story at all, instead. It's well, it's just kind of odd because it would seem like right out of the gate after the announcement of Far Cry Five, they were like, "Yeah, we're doing it. You're gonna, right. you're it's gonna, America. you're gonna yeah. shoot some white people like, in this game." And then they were like, it. "Oh, hey, guess what? No, it's Far Cry. Guess what? Here's a dude blowing up a thing. He's dangling from a helicopter. It's it's still Far Cry, guys. Don't worry. Yeehaw. Pepe's I mean, buy our was, game still, please." I was excited to shoot white people. <laughs> no, exactly. I don't but, know. When I tried it at the show, they were all white people with beards and like aviator glasses. They looked just felt, like felt me. too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was shooting at myself. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a bummer about Far Cry. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's all, it's middling. Let's say that it's not bad. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. No, I'll, I'll wait for it to go on sale. I want to play it on my PC. Yeah, you know what I recommend? This uh, resin beer from Six Point Brewery is fantastic. Shout out to Brooklyn. I would have never had it had I not come out to the East Coast. Cool. This episode brought to you by Resin, but not officially. (laughs) Um, I played Kirby Star Allies. I rented it for about ten days. Got through most of it. It's not worth playing. That's a bummer. It's fine. It plays just like a Kirby game. But it's so unspecial in any kind of way. Like, at least the other Kirby's recently, like Canvas Curse and, and the Clay one, they all had kind of interesting art styles and different mechanics to them. This one's kind of just straight up Kirby, like the first Kirby game. And can, it's can, cool in some ways and not in others. Can you explain what what a Kirby game is traditionally? Like, I've never played a Kirby it's game. It's a platformer where you absorb powers from the enemies in the level. How you do know? you absorb them? You, you inhale, inhale them, and then you press down to ingest them and take their power, cool. or you can spit them back out. So we should have a game where John is just running around eating food and turning into a cheeseburger. Yeah, John would be a good, like, palate swap for it's Kirby. It's very much like what Kid Chameleon was on, Gen- on Genesis, like, back in the day. Kid Chameleon was pretty good. Yeah, where you could just, like, how did, what did, how did you do it? You just, like... You had to pick up a helmet. Yeah, you you like you'd, kill an enemy and then you pick box. up its helmet and then you become like that enemy. Type. That's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that was a really that's I'd a never really fun game. Touched a kid chameleon game actually, but how many are there? One. I think it's just one. No. Maybe they should bring that IP back. Yeah. Well. Well, I mean, that's again like the uh, you, so you have Kid Chameleon, you have Kirby, you had Messiah, Maybe. which was very similar too. Yeah. Uh, um. A lot of games like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's well, a, Mega Man is kind Mega of Man, that yeah. in a way, too. Kirby is Kid Chameleon. He's not, though. They said he's That's made out canon. of like, cotton candy or something like that. <laughs> like the creator. But how do we know for sure? I don't know. I've never eaten a Kirby. 
Me, me neither. I've been to a Kirby's Coney Island. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, um, they're not the best. John, how's a way out? A way out is one of the best games I've ever played. Yeah. Do not spoil Truly. it, please. I'm yeah, not no going to spoil anything about a way out. I, all I'm going to say is that it is a very great experience to play with another person, especially if you have a, a close friend or somebody. Like for instance, I played it with Gladish. Gladish oh. and I are very far apart physically, but we are both really. I consider him one of my best friends. Uh, we game a ton. Uh, and we played this game together and right off the bat um, he put down some ground rules of if certain events happened in the game he was going to kill me um, so there's that but he real quick this is a split screen third person game co-op you're playing co-op you have to play it co-op can you do couch co-op I think you can um, um, we played it. You also, if the, we played only method, one of the two people has to own it. Yes. So we played it with that method where Gladys actually bought the game because he wanted to play it. I think it's only 30 bucks. So it's only yeah. 30. Yeah. Uh, and there are physical copies of it. So we yeah, can get so, it cheaper than so that. He, he bought it. I downloaded what they call a, uh, a demo version from the PlayStation store. And then I would load up the demo. He would send me an invite and then we both played. Cool. Um, there were some, Seamless. some ping issues uh-huh. a little bit. Obviously he's, you know, however many thousand miles away so yeah there were some issues with that but other than that the story is fantastic it is one of the most cinematic experiences i've had in a video game and there is a scene in the hospital which is probably like if you are into film in any way shape or form you would love that scene so i highly recommend playing it it's worth every penny uh, I, th- I think um, the experience alone, again, playing it with a close friend is going to give you like the, the biggest benefit of like what this game is meant to be is, as like a co-op game. So definitely give it a shot. Cool. I Do you know if he was hearing it in German while you were hearing it in English? I, I don't know, to be honest with hmm. you, but that would be interesting to ask him. Yeah, we'll have to talk to him about that. Um, yeah, I plan on playing it when I get back. Finally, yeah, because he probably with him. He wanted he wanted to play through again. Yeah, uh, as the other. I was I was up he, next to play, but we just didn't have time. Really, it, it was about six and a half hours long, roughly. Yeah. So not the longest game, but again, for thirty bucks, like you really can't complain. And for a game that gives you such a great co op experience, there's a ton of different mechanics in it. One of the my favorite mechanics was that there's a point where you're climbing. The two of you have to like shimmy up a wall, like a, between two walls, to climb to go up. And the walls are too far apart for you to do it on your own. So you're back to back with your arms locked and you're That's both cool. taking turns. There's the pendulum kind of prompt on the screen where you have to tap the button at the right time for you to activate your movement. And you both have to do it at the right time to sync your movements together to work your way up the uh, this this like shaft that you're climbing. Hmm. Uh, that was a super cool element to in- involve in the game. There's stupid little things where. Uh, you can hammer a nail into a board. You can right? hammer nails into boards. Yeah. You you can uh, when you go to there's a point where you pick up guns from another character, another NPC, and you can have one of the guys throw bottles up into the air while the other one shoots them. And there's uh, you, there's a basketball game you can play. There's a Connect Four game you can play. There's all these little mini elements like mechanics and games that are kind of built into it that make the experience a little more. Uh, robust in in terms of what you can do and helps you kind of kind of bond in a way as characters. So interesting and friends and friends. Yeah, it 
brings friends together and brings you a way out. They should use that game as like a team building exercise in offices. Yeah, well, I mean, that's so even like like Snipper Clips is is a good example of like a team oh, building yeah. game. That's that, a ton of fun. And that that game is one of the most infuriating <laughs> games ever to play because like you always want to tell the other person what to do and like you you try to like I try to not be angry about it, but I always <laughs> find myself like clenching my teeth and biting my thumb like. Just be like, oh. Especially if you're playing with Megan, you can't be mad at her. He was trying yeah. to not say that. No, I mean, she's the only person I played it with. So <laughs> no, you played it with me once. Yeah, I played it with you. But yeah, it's just one of those, like this, the, a way out is has some similar interactions where like you are timing what you're doing based on what the other person's doing uh, and helping each other out. And it's just, it was really cool. There's parts where you both have to like strangle guards at the same time. And if one of you strangles a guard and the other one doesn't, then the other guard like calls, you know, reinforcements and you have to redo the, that segment. Like, uh, but yeah, it's very, very cool game worth 30 bucks for sure. Are there any like branching paths or anything, or is it very linear? Uh, you can choose to do things, uh, I can't remember both of the characters' names. One of them is Vince, I believe, and I can't remember the other one. Sam, maybe? Let's call him Vito. But you can choose, because you have two different characters, and one of them is like, it's almost kind of good cop, bad cop in Vince a way. Vince and Leo. Yeah, Vince and Leo. So like, that was it'll, close. Sounds the game like... Will, the game will tell you, like, do you want to do things Vince's way or do you want to do them Leo's way? And more often than not, we did things. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure Gladish played as Leo. Yeah, so we would do things Leo's way for the sake of it was the more violent way because Gladish always wanted to like you know if he had an opportunity to kill people he wanted to do it. So, um, but yeah, it it, it it gives you some kind of like butterfly effect branching you know actions that I'm I'm sure tweak the outcome of the game. So it's uh it's very cool. Highly recommended. Yeah. Um, other than that, we a bunch of us played Sea of Thieves, and it's basically the beta, but a little more to do, which is cool. And one of the the what I I've noticed that Sea of Thieves is the kind of game where like I really just like being a total asshole to most of the other people I'm playing against. So if you're in my game world, I'm gonna fucking sink your ship. Like you're going down. If I see you, if I run into another player, I'm gonna mess you up. Like, and it's just because. I know that if I don't, you're going to fuck me up. So that's just how it is. And that's that's what I've run into. There was an instance where I had picked up eight treasures, was driving into the shore, saw another boat at the shore. The guy jumped on my boat and came on TeamSpeak and was like, hey. And I was like, hey. And then that was the only conversation we had before he started trying to take my treasures and go to shore with them. I promptly shot him in the face and killed him and then sunk his ship before he could respawn. When he finally did respawn, I killed him again. Then I took all my treasures and turned him in, and then he respawned a third time and tried to kill me, but I killed him a third time and sunk his next ship. So I messed up his <laughs> evening, and then I logged off the server to move to another server. So he had no way of rebutting that, which is fine. That was one of my favorite instances. Another favorite instance of mine was when I was in a round, again, turning in treasures. I had already turned him in. And I heard cannons going off and I go and I look in the harbor and there's a big galleon blowing up my little uh, sloop. And I'm like, really? And there's four guys on board. So I ran back to the armory and picked up the sniper rifle, went to a cliff and just pinged each and every one of the guys on that ship and killed them all. And then I waited for my next ship to respawn and I blew up their ship and then I logged off the server. Like, (laughs) So I feel like being a PVP asshole like you were being, you know, um, playing in that style is 
way easier on the PC and, and very yeah. it kind oh, of unbalances sure. it. Yeah, it's, I should mention I'm only playing it on PC because this game is cross-platform. PC and Xbox players can play together and against each other, and it, it just does not feel very well, balanced in that way. We had a few day one issues with that, by the way, the cross-play, but it's uh, since been resolved. With the game being such and not a not a precise shooter and not a robust like shooting experience the fact that there's that much of a divide between the two is pretty pretty crazy like if you think about people trying to play Fortnite with PC and Xbox like you're going to get ruined by someone in a game where yeah. there is actual shooting mechanics yeah. that were so I'm really enjoying it though I mean I'm having a good time ruining people's lives while <laughs> playing uh I assume that's the way it's supposed to be played like I said it's it's very cutthroat. It's <laughs> supposed to be played uh, however you want. It apparently. is. But the reality is if if you run into another player, it's shoot or be shot. And you have to do something because otherwise you will if if you if you see another player and they're coming at you, you can either just keep running for them for the rest of the game or you can kill them. Yeah. I my general experience later on is that I feel like people got a little burned out with being an asshole and they just wanted they finally had decided to progress and the only way to do that is to actually turn in treasures so a lot of the other ships were just kind of staying at a distance from me and I was doing the same for them but yeah. I do feel like yes if you get close to a ship basically because there's not really a good way of signaling them unless you know Morse code and they know no Morse code <laughs> um that yeah, wasn't like invented in the attack. time of pirates. You can use the dialogue. Yes, the that's dialogue. also true. If I'm, you want to play historically accurate. I'm just joking. Yeah. Well, but it wasn't, though, was it? Anyways, Sea of Thieves well, is no, just more Sea of Thieves. It's, uh, well, I, I, uh, here's what I'll say. Um, I don't really care to play the game anymore. Okay. <laughs> well then we're no, we're gonna make you walk the plane. It's the like I think it's fun to play with you guys and it's fun to play in a group. It's great I tried to play group. some solo and that was okay, but it's I don't the fact that I'm not working towards anything really bums me out. Even yeah. and hearing what you get when you become a pirate legend sounds so disappointing. Yeah, and it and sucks well, so the, much. The devs are actively paying attention to the community and they Yeah, but I mean the Destiny devs actively pay attention to the community and look at how long no, no. it's taking the destiny them to do devs stuff. Are basically they're actively paying attention and they're listening is is the quote is, <laughs> we're listening you're not listening because you haven't done anything sea of thieves like has been fixing all the like they've already shown their roadmap <laughs> within days of this game yeah their first out, their first like, update was hey we're gonna make it so that there's a detriment when you lose your ship we're going to take some gold away from you when your ship blows up. Just kidding. Sweet, guys. We're not going to do that. And then they're like, oh, wait, no. You know what? No, you guys don't like that, so we're not going to do I mean, it. That wasn't, wasn't going to fix you're any You're talking about the, the, death, the death tax issue, which they got rid yeah. of that because of community. Well, there was, uh, the, there was the first thing. They were like, hey, guys, we understand there's not a whole lot in the game. What if you lost gold when your ship got destroyed? <laughs> It did seem like a really odd thing to a little me. Bit, a little bit tone deaf, I think, in the situation. But Anyways, they, they're constantly releasing developer videos talking about the roadmap and what they're planning on doing and things that they've already started fixing and implementing. So the fact that they're doing it so actively gives me a little bit of hope that this game will turn itself around pretty quickly. I have no doubt that in like six months to a year, it's going to be It's awesome. going to be a fantastic... Like the, the core of what they have is so interesting and cool. 
I just wish that there was a little bit more in terms of I need a carrot. There's no carrot right yeah. now. So hopefully they figure out a carrot that works, you know? Yep. But I do, yeah, the core gameplay is a lot of fun. I, I just yeah, I feel like there's no reason to be doing it after you've kind of gotten your kicks. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. Like I go around and I progress my character, and like I said, as soon as some someone rolls up on me, it's kill or be killed, and I'm gonna take them out. Like I'm, and I make it a point to get you know put as much distance between them as I can. And if I have treasures on board, most of, most more often than not, I'm taking at least one of those treasures if my ship starts going down. Yeah, and I leave, and I and I dive in the water and I make my way back to shore. Cut your and losses. I turn it in. And it is what it is, but it it's uh. I, I enjoy it. I'm going to keep playing. If anybody wants to play with me, hit me up. I'll, I'll still play, but I mean, I I stopped playing basically a week and a half before we even left for PAX. Just I was playing other stuff and kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Which that's not really a good sign because I was pumped for this game for years. I think um, it's totally worth the $10 to play it. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. For the Xbox Game Pass. And apparently you don't even have to pay for Xbox Live if you're just playing on PC. Yep. yep. So that's um, cool. But I I actually I like sailing around by myself too. I didn't think I would. Solo play is really not that bad except um I mean finding the treasures and stuff is cool too. The the problem I have with solo play is when you go to like for instance I went to this one island that was a huge pain in the ass geographically to navigate because it had really high peaks and stuff to climb up to and it had uh, i think six treasures to to dig up plus there were like eight other like i think three or four other ones so i'm pulling off all of these chests by myself running back and forth between the ship with all those it's just so boring tedious yeah and tedious yes like i couldn't it took me an hour or something just to do this by myself yeah no like i like the sailing and everything but i yeah i think that's, it can that's get my biggest problem with playing alone there's got to be a quicker alone. way to take care of that like why don't they have a like a little dinghy that you can dock on the coast and just throw all your chests in there and it just brings them back. Everybody likes stacking dinghies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to uh, be the name of our Sea of Thieves podcast. Stacking dinghies. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen. Anyways. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, Rick, this is your last day of PAX. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. So sad. Yes. Do Thanks. you have any final thoughts regarding the experience that you've had? Uh, it was cool. I think the highlights for me were playing these smaller bite-sized things that I already had known about, like Overland, yeah. Tunic, and Donut County, Donut County, and Below. Yeah. I think just like that, uh, that alone was enough to justify like coming. Yeah, having that experience, yeah, like being able to play them before they're out, and just solidifying the fact that you want these games. Like, yeah, totally. And I then, would probably say hanging out with the Midwest game nerds in the flash was a good, <laughs> good bonus too, right? Yeah. Uh, like mi- <laughs> minus, minus, or minus the minus the fragrance, <laughs> perpetual stench. Um, no, a sweet so. metal band name. <laughs> We're perpetual stench. <laughs> Ten songs all are like different aliases for stink. Ugh. 
Air Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the album name. <laughs> never heard that one before. <sighs> You've never so told yeah. anyone to take a bite of this Air Biscuit? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. is, there, is there Air Apparently I haven't lived. I haven't truly lived yet. Oh, man. Anyways. Uh, any, so, the idea, other, yeah. so the idea of like having a chance to actually like talk to some of the developers or like some of the community manager community managers or like people just like evangelizing these things yeah. in the booths is also cool especially for the smaller things where you know it's a very mobile small team of like two or one or ten or whatever sure. um so i think getting to see that and then also the, just the experiencing the volume of people and intensity that it is like as an audio visual experience, <laughs> a sensory overload, perhaps. Basically. You you were also commenting about how you were feeding off of the energy of like I need to be an indie developer now. Like oh, yeah. I really want to. It's with the especially with the types of games that we were playing, the people mm-hmm. that we were talking to. It feels like that there's just an electricity flowing through the air of like, oh, I can do this and this is something that I want to do. And yeah, totally. Like as a programmer, being around all of this is like super inspiring too. And then just seeing a couple people come up and like talk about their experiences with meeting someone from the biz and having that person tell them to like upload their demo to some server. Like all like hearing some little anecdotes like that is also super yeah cool in that sense and makes me want to like make games explore those options yeah yeah let's talk after this uh (laughs) recording here um yeah no dude it was great having you i'm glad you were able to come join us and and be on the podcast and and it's been a a really fun this is like the first time you and i I, like i've had a a good opportunity to like actually hang out with you and yeah and do things so i've had a blast man it's it's been a lot of fun so yes i'm I'm glad you were able to make it so yeah same thanks for having me for sure man it's been fun that was obviously the other thing is like i get to see some buds yeah for sure man yeah um, any other final thoughts, anybody? No? Yeah? No? I think that's about it. All right. Well, we will, Alex, Brian, and I will be back tomorrow with our final, the E, uh, not E, E3, uh-huh. <laughs> the PAX 2018 wrap-up. Yep. Day four, yep. Sunday. Uh, and we'll let you know everything else we've played, anything else we've done, anyone else we've had contact with regarding these amazing games that we're checking out. Uh, again, be sure to check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links for all the different ways you can uh, support us. And be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Podcasts. Uh, we're going to try and get on Spotify, hopefully. Got to yeah, figure that out. We're going to work on it. Um, maybe we can monetize a little bit from that because that's how that shit works. Um, but that being said, thanks again for joining us. And we will see you next time. Peace. What gamer Jesus do? <laughs> were they giving out little wristbands? Were they? I don't know. <laughs> Would you wear one if they did? I think they were. <laughs> they probably. Shit. I don't know. I didn't have the gumption to confront them when I walked past the booth. I did because I, I, I didn't see them. because I saw them out of the corner of my eyes, <laughs> and like, they all what? looked so sad and confused. What would gamer Jesus do? We gotta That's connect with the kids.
loot boxes. It's because all <laughs> they want to do is have <laughs> sex like You got peers. a Bible. Loot boxes to get into heaven. <laughs> the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> <laughs> the Spear of Longevitus. What the f- <sighs> This loot box has my body. <laughs> Whatever was in your guys' food is way better than that. Look, look at him. He's wearing a fucking headset. <laughs> <Take> this. <laughs> He's wearing a headset. Holding a Jesus Games. Take this loot box and open it. <laughs> <laughs> it has been given up for you. 